for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Well, listen, uh, we're going to continue in, in our study of Colossians. Uh, you know, last week we we discussed the, the, the beautiful passage uh, of Colossians 2, 7 and 8, uh, uh, and, and, and Pastor Jim titled that message, uh, uh, Charge. In it, we talked about how, we, how we're to walk in Christ and how we're to remember our instructions and grow in it uh, and live a life of, of gratitude. You know, those, those are easy words to say and, and sounds like a great formula, but it, it's hard to walk that out if we're not, if we're not intentional about that. Uh, let me read uh, verses 7 and 8 again uh, that we covered last week. It says, Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. You know, tonight we, we want to discuss the, the work of Christ while talking about who we are in Christ, who we are because we're in him. Um, and I've always thought that, that that's one of the, the things that holds so many people back uh, because we, we come to the altar, we confess uh, our, our faith and trust in, in, in Jesus Christ but we don't realize what that means. What does it mean to be in Christ, to be in him? And uh, uh, we could talk just on that tonight, but, but uh, that's kind of the, 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 the crux of the lesson is, is sort of talking about that. Um, you know, Paul, having, having just given them this charge in, in verses 7 and 8, uh, in verse 8, he commands them uh, to see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. And Paul, Paul warns us to avoid captivity. Um, you know, the church is held captive in, in two ways, according to Paul here in this section that we're about to get into. First, through, through philosophy and, and empty deception. You know, we're captured by the, by the love of, 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 of the wisdom of philosophy. That, and and, and we, we love the wisdom um, more than we love the truth of God's word. We, we, we uh, run to that rather than running to the word. Uh, and... and you know, too many preachers, too many pulpits uh, uh, have gotten into that. We, you know, we we preach to be heard, to be eloquent, to be to sound uh, scholarly, and, and sometimes doing that, we move away from the word. Um, you know, death comes to the church when when the spirit is quashed for the sake of earthly wisdom. Uh, earthly wisdom is to have a knowledge of God but not to have a relationship with him. Um, 
You know, it's to preach from the head and not from the heart, where there's no power available to stir the souls. Although, although the false teachers in Colossians considered their philosophy as wisdom, Paul assures his readers that it's the path to deception. But that's not the only path to deception. Secondly, uh, we're held captive by the traditions of men. You know, traditions handed down from year to year, from, from generation to generation. Uh, and, and simply because these traditions are handed down doesn't mean that they're true. Um, you know, Jesus finds himself in, in, in Mark chapter 7 being challenged by the Pharisees, you know, when they ask him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? And Jesus uh, replies in, in Mark uh, 7, 7 through 9, he says, but in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts and rules of men. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to, to the tradition of men. You're experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. You know, that's a scary place to be. You know, one, one of the, uh, you know, there's a lot of scriptures that are kind of frightening. but One that, that always stood out to me is in, in Matthew 7 where, where some men, um, where Jesus makes the statement that um, to a group of people who have been doing things in his name, and he says, depart from me because I never knew you. You know, there's, there's a difference in, in, in keeping traditions and, and, and doing good works. We, we still have to be in Christ. And, and for Jesus to say, depart, I never knew you. You know, th those are scary words. Uh, um, you know, many traditions of men usually serve to perpetuate error, and, and we, need to ch we need to challenge those traditions uh, and, and hold up the standard of God's word. Uh, if it doesn't match, if it doesn't match God's word, if the tradition doesn't match God's word, we need to do away with it. That's okay. <laughs> you know, once Paul warns the Colossian church, he, he begins a beautiful discussion of the full benefit that the believer receives as they, as they walk in the completeness of Christ. And that's what we want to focus on tonight, the completeness that we find in Christ Jesus. Uh, and, and what are, what are, what are the benefits of, of this completeness? Uh, you know, first of all, according to Colossians 2, 9 through 15, let, let's take a quick look at that. Um, says, I mean, 9 through uh, 12. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. 
So the first benefit is we, we have complete salvation uh, because Christ is God. You know, Paul states that one of the most, uh, with one of the most definitive statements uh, of Christ's deity in the epistles. Remember the false teachers of, of, of the Colossians were claiming that Jesus didn't come in bodily form. And, and they say that because they didn't, they, they, they believe that all matter, all human matter had a natural inclination to evil. You know, they would have been right if they were talking about us. Uh, but Jesus had no sin. He had no inclination of evil. You know, Jesus did come as a man to deal with, with our sinful, corrupt uh, nature. But it was because Jesus dealt with every temptation, every trial, uh, every single thing that, that we deal with. And, and he didn't succumb to sin as, as we did. And it's because of that that he was able to be the, the perfect sacrifice that God needed. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, He made him who knew no sin, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, notice as we're, as we're going through this, how many times Paul uses that phrase, in Christ, in him, with him. Uh, Hebrews 10.10 10 says, By this we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once and for all. There's nothing else needed. And because, because Jesus didn't come in bodily form, because of the fullness of of his deity uh, because the fullness of deity dwells in him and because he's fully God, it, it can be trusted that he has the power to save us. Uh, and, and that's what he's done. And, and Paul is taking a stab at the, at the false teachers. And, and as we read that this word tonight, he's still taking that stab at these, at this, uh, at these uh, deceptive teachings. Uh, Jesus uh, is head over all rule and authority. Uh, and that means that he is God himself and thus the, the head over all things. Uh, for these reasons, because, because he is the fullness of, of deity, because he dwelled in bodily form, head, he's head over all rule and authority and he has made you and I complete. When we, when we embrace what he's done for us. And that, that's something that we, need to, that we need to take hold of, that the completeness that we've been given in our salvation. John 1.16 says, for, for, his, for of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. In 2 Peter 1.4 uh, Peter writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, what beautiful, reassuring words those are. Um, you know, to maintain, as the false teachers did, that, 
that those who were made complete in Christ still lack something, you know, that, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, they, we don't lack anything. Uh, we've been made complete in Christ. Uh, we have complete salvation through true circumcision and baptism. You know, the Colossian heresy was, was a mixture of, of pagan worship and, 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 and Jewish legalism. Uh, not surprisingly, like, like the Judaizers, Paul confronted in Galatia, they were teaching that, that circumcision was necessary even for the Christian. That you, you could be a believer in Christ, but you st- that wasn't enough. You, you still had to be circumcised. Um, you know, it was, never, it was never God's intent to have his people circumcised in order to save them. Um, but, to, but circumcision was to be a, 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 a symbolic gesture that, that showed that men desperately needed God. Uh, they desperately needed a new heart. And, and that's what Paul is going to be talking about here. There's a greater truth that is symbolized by circumcision. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 6 tells us, Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants. And why does he do that? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, so that you might live. You know, circumcision proved the, the covenant of the law, but circumcision doesn't save. Uh, and, and Paul defines true circumcision in Romans 2.29. But he who is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. You know, for Christians, the, the physical act of, of circumcision isn't necessary because, as Paul writes in, in verse 11, uh, and in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Um, you know, our, ours, ours isn't a circumcision by hands. Uh, it's, a, it's a cutting away of the flesh uh, that's in us because of the work of Christ and our, and our acceptance of that work. You know, in Romans 6, 6, we read, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Um, you know, beautiful words there. Uh, and as a result, uh, 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's what? A new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Um, you know, just as, as, as the physical act of circumcision doesn't save us, really neither, neither does baptism. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a symbolic gesture by which we declare the absolute truth. Uh, I have been raised up through faith. You know, when we make a public declaration of our faith, according to Romans 10, 9, we're baptized in Christ. As we're buried with Christ and, 
and resurrected as a new creature. Uh, and, and, and we have a promise as a result of that. And what is that promise? We, we, the promise is we have complete forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. Listen to verses 13 and 14. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken that out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. My goodness, you know, Jesus did it all. He, his work was complete and, and final. You know, we were dead in our transgressions and our, star, and our heart was, was still hardened. Ephesians 2, 1 through 2 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to walk when you were conformed to the ways of this world and of the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. You know, what he's saying here is that we really have no ability to respond to spiritual stimuli on our own without the provocation of the Holy Spirit. You know, and without that provocation, we would all be doomed. Uh, you know, we, we were influenced by evil and unable to, to see past evil to God. Uh, you know, the Bible makes no sense to someone who's, who's in a dead state like that. Uh, and Paul gets straight to the point here. First, Christ made you alive together with him. You know, to, to have been made alive, uh, first we had, to, we had to have been spiritually dead. Um, and second, he's forgiven us all our transgressions. You know, if you've confessed Jesus Christ as, as Lord uh, and repented of your sins, your sins are gone. And sometimes I think many of us have, have trouble accepting that. You know, and, and, and that, that's just a work of the enemy. He, he, he'll remind you of what you did, even though God has forgotten it. He's tossed it behind him. Um, and so keep that in mind. If you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and repented of your sins, your sins are gone. And again, all, all of your sins. Um, and where we fall short, uh, we have to repent, keeping in mind our responsibility to, according to uh, Matthew 6, 33, to, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Uh, you know, I, and, and think about that. He says, all these things will be added to you. What, what do you want to be added to you? You know, when I, as I think about that, I, um, you know, what, what I want to have added to me is, is an increase in my righteousness. I want to be able to live a more righteous life. Uh, and, 
And we have it because Jesus took upon himself the debt we owed. And he did it all so that we could ha might have eternal life, so that we could be complete in him. And thirdly, we have complete victory. Listen to verse 15. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. You know, the enemy, enemy has literally, literally been stripped of his authority over our lives. Um, you know, Jesus' life, death, and ultimate victory strip the authority away from the enemy. And, and you know, you've all probably heard uh, the scenario like when a, when, a, when, a, when a king would overtake another king and capture him, he would bring him back and he would, you know, drag him through the, through, through the streets of his city uh, as a sign that he was utterly defeated. And in essence, that, that's what Jesus has done to, to Satan. He's utterly humiliated him and defeated him and, and taken away his power. Um, and like I said, he, he's, he's literally stripped him of, of his authority over us. Now, now if we're not careful, we, we, give, we give him that authority back to some degree uh, when we get away from the word. Uh, and, and it's easy to do. All of us are, you know, have feet of clay. We're going we're gonna to slip and fall from time to time. But praise God, we have the, 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 the gift of, of being able to repent, to say I'm sorry, to, uh, and, and to repent from, a, from a, a true heart of repentance. And God is faithful to forgive our sins again. Um, Hebrews 2.14 says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same that through death he might render powerless him who had the power over death. You know, that was Satan's ultimate power, he was, was death. And, 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 and Jesus, is, through his death and resurrection, has overcome that. He stripped that authority that, that the enemy had. He stripped that away. You know, because God has canceled the believer's debt, and defeated Satan and his angels, we, like Paul, can, can say with confidence uh, what, what Paul wrote in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 37, um, where Paul writes, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And there, there's that, that term again, the love of God. Why, why did God do all this? Why, why did why would he send Jesus to the cross to suffer like he did, to be humiliated, to be beaten and scourged, to, to be nailed to, to those timbers, uh, to, to have a spear thrust in his side? He, he did all of that because, because he loves you. 
and, and we need to take hold of, of the love of God. Um, and it's not a love that's, that's dependent uh, on, on you. There's nothing we add to that. Uh, because of what Christ did, we're, we're complete in him, as complete as you're ever going to be. You know, God loves you uh, as much right now as he'll ever love you. And, and there's nothing you can do to change that. He'll never love you more or, or love you less, depending on, on, on what you do. Um, because that love is, is, a, is a perfected love. And, and I think so many times we, we fail to embrace that. We fail to embrace the fact that, that God loves us so much. And that's why the, that last song that Caleb sang is so, is so moving because, um, you know, it's hard for us to comprehend that kind of love. Uh, and, and there was a line in that song that says, I, I never knew how much it cost. Uh, and I think, you know, we struggle to, to take hold of, of how much it did cost for us to have salvation, for us to have forgiveness, for us to have uh, victory. Uh, but it's all because of what Christ did. And when you confess him as Lord and Savior, when you, when you start living your life in him, with him, and through him, um, you know, amazing things happen. So we, we need to learn to walk in that. We need to walk in complete salvation complete forgiveness, and complete victory. Amen? Um, and why, why is that so hard to do sometimes? You know, I don't know. It, it's, we all struggle with that, I think. We, you know, we, you know, when we come together like this in church, it, it's, it's pretty easy to talk about, you know, the love of God, the, to talk about what Christ has done for us. And we, we embrace that. But when we leave these doors, do we still embrace it? Do we still have that mindset that, that God loves me? God saved me. Uh, uh, he's made me uh, perfect in Christ. Um, and and that's, that's the place we need to get to. And we do that by staying in his word, by, by staying in prayer, by, by having a, a God consciousness in all that we do. Um, and again, that, that's something that, you know, that, that's part of our journey. You know, we develop that. It doesn't, you know, when you come to the altar and, and give your life to the Lord, you don't automatically have all those things. You don't automatically understand the, the beauty of, of, of God's love. Um, and, and so many of us, kind of get like the, like the Colossians were there, like those false teachers. We think, well, well I, you know, that, that can't be all there is to it. I've got to add something to it. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've got to start checking off all these boxes. But that, that's not necessary. You know, if you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're complete in him. Complete in him. Complete in salvation, in, in forgiveness, and in victory. Amen.
All right. Uh, I've actually gotten through a little bit early. I, I could start reading over here in Leviticus, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, um, but anyway, I, I'm sure Pastor Jim will, will highlight this again a little bit next week. But, but this is such a beautiful section of Scripture. Um, yeah. And as you're reading that, uh, you know, keep in mind the the in hymns, the, the in Christ, the with him, with Christ, because of Christ. Uh, and, and those things all are, are, are just chock full of meaning there. Well, listen, that's all, all I've got. I appreciate your uh, attention tonight.